You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter number 12? Let me explain what I've just done. I've just put a cough drop in my mouth. It's the world's best cough drop. It's called Fisherman's Friend. Anybody know Fisherman's Friend? It's the kind of cough drop, seriously. It is so powerful, and it smells so bad. It smells like you're a chemical factory. And, and I have seen this happen to me. People will come up to me to, hey, Brother Dean, and as soon as I speak, they just kind of take a step back. <laughs> anyway, that's the way it is. So if you come near me, don't come too near me. And um, as Fisherman's Friend, I let it, I take a half of one. I kind of slobber as I talk. And um, I used to have these little tiny ones, and they were black. And when I was, when I'd preach, I would take my, my handkerchief and I kind of do like that and it was brown I thought oh my goodness people are going to think I chewed tobacco or something so I had to go with these these are brown but they're not hardly as bad so anyway that's my fisherman's friend uh, Karen and I are so good uh, glad to be here we came up uh, yesterday uh, expecting to find you know snow on the road I've got four snow tires on my car uh, I've got a shovel no, I didn't bring the shovel I left it at home and I got my big long thing I wipe all the windows off and what did I get nothing you know <laughs> except the roar of these four snow tires that are on uh, anyway so anyway it, it is so good to be here if you found your place I want to explain I preach usually I have three points for every message and what I do is I stand in front of the mirror and I count the hairs on my head I am praying for four points, okay? So however many hairs I find is how many points I have in my message. And so I'm praying for four points. One day I'll hope to get there. But I want to share with you this morning, I know a story. If you've been in church much, I, I know you, you know about the, the story of the Passover. And what we're going to do this morning is share with you some thoughts about the Passover lamb. And we're going to talk about the word lamb in these verses of Scripture and uh, I wanna, I'll give you another verse in just a moment. So if you found your place, Exodus, Exodus chapter number 12, let's just read a few verses of scripture and uh, I'll not have you stand. Um, I may do that tonight, but not, uh, tomorrow, uh, but not, not this morning. It says in verse number one of Exodus chapter number 12, and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak unto all the congregation of Israel saying, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the, if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And let's pray. Father, again, how it's been so good to be here, to enjoy the fellowship, to hear the testimonies and the praises and the prayer requests, the songs that have been sung. And Father, to see the joy that's in this place. And I thank you for the sweet spirit and for the work that you're doing in hearts and lives in this community. And now, Father, as we open the word of God and as we come to bring this message i pray for the help of god and for the power of god and i pray that most of all you will be glorified the name of christ will be exalted and father if there was just one in our midst that does not know christ as their, as their savior that today they would come 
and they would receive you. Please have your way, I pray. Thank you for all that you do in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, you know, if we think about revival, and we're beginning this morning with, as uh, a meeting together as a revival meeting, and I believe that the most, if there's any passage of Scripture anywhere in the Bible that would give us the clue to how to have revival in our hearts would be Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14. And I understand that that is an Old Testament Scripture that would even have to do with us having a revival here in the day in which we live, which is in the New Testament. But I believe that the principles that, that um, Solomon laid out in that prayer as he's praying to the Lord, I believe they still hold true today. And he says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will heal their land, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. So in that passage of scripture, there are four principles, four things that God has laid out, I believe, for us today if we want to have revival. And then at the end of that verse of scripture, he gives three wonderful promises that he would do if we would meet the qualifications that God has laid forth in his word. But what I'm going to look at this morning and think about this morning is the very first part of that verse of scripture. Because the Bible says there, a big letter, a big two-letter word called if. Yeah. The weight of that word is, is extreme. If my people, which are called by my name, and then he gives the qualifications. So often, I believe today, and I don't think it's just today, but I believe so often, we've, had, we've tried to push upon people the reality of revival. Well, if you will just do this, and if you'll just do that, and if you'll do this, and have all of these things that they should do, but I think we need to stop and say, hey, wait just a second. Does this person truly know Christ Jesus as their Savior? If my people which are called by my name. So the reason we're going to go to the book of Exodus chapter number 12 is the time when God called the children of Israel out of Egypt. Yes. This is when God was going to be able to allow the children of Israel to call God after his name. See, I'm a Baptist. I, I'm a member of a Baptist church. But before I ever became a Baptist, can I tell you, there was one that got a hold of me, that changed my life, that saved me, something that the Baptist could not do, yes, right. something that no church could do or no preacher could do or no priest could do, Amen. that only the Lord Jesus Christ could do in my life. And so when I think about the children of Israel... All of a sudden, when we come down to the New Testament period when the Lord Jesus was here on earth and we think of the, the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, all of a sudden now, everything has changed for them and it's what you do, what you do that makes them a child of God. It has never been what you do. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Even under the period of the law, right. it was by faith. It was the grace of God that saved a man. Only by, and has always been, by grace through faith, always been that way. And so here in the book of Exodus chapter number 12, we find where they, they met the Lord God as their redeemer, the great I am. Because here's what I found out. You're not saved because other people are saved or because people in your church are saved or people in your family are saved or, or because you say, well, we're in a Christian nation, which we're really not. But we're saved because we individually have a personal relationship. Amen. I, Dean Hamby, 
the day that I met the Lord Jesus as my personal Savior, I have now a personal relationship. I can go to Him in prayer. I can have Him speak to my heart. The personal relationship, which is so important. So I'm going to give you this morning three words that, uh, that I find not the words in these verses of Scripture, but three realities of these three words in this verse of Scripture. Uh, these verses of scripture that I hope will be a blessing to you that the people of God had to understand. So let me give these to you and we'll be done. Now, in order to get the context of of the book of Exodus, the first few chapters of the book of Exodus, you're going to find that God has sent Moses down to Egypt. And God is going to deliver the people of God. But in order for this to happen, God is going to send 10 plagues against Egypt. But not only against the people of Egypt, but against the gods of Egypt. Because for 430 years, the people of God had known the gods of Egypt. But they didn't even know the name of the God of Abraham. They didn't know who he was. They didn't know anything about him. But if you were to ask him, well, what's the name of this God in Egypt? Hey, they could tell you. They knew all about the gods of Egypt, but they did not know the true and living God. And so God is going to send these plagues to show that there is only one true and living God and the difference that he makes, that he makes and he alone can make. So when you read through these plagues and these judgment that, judgments that God is going to bring against them, the first nine plagues are, are judgments, <coughs> excuse me, are going to be against the people of Egypt and the gods of Egypt, the first nine. But then when, when we come to this 12th, or excuse me, this 10th, a judgment in chapter number 12 is not going to be just against the people of Egypt, but it's going to be against the Jews as well as the children or the people of Egypt. You know, there are a lot of people, have you ever met anybody like this? There are a lot of people that they go through life, it seems like they never have a problem. They're never sick. Uh, they don't have any financial problems. Uh, unlike um, my, my mama's kids, they have good-looking kids. I mean, everything is great. You know, everything's just awesome. <clears throat> We're not going to get on the hair thing this morning, okay? <clears throat> Never have a problem. What's, basically, that is kind of the way the plagues were. They were all against the Egyptians. You know, the flies and the fleas and everything that was going on. It was the, it was the Egyptians that were suffering under judgment where the children of Israel never had a problem with any of it. God was making a separation. But all of a sudden now, here comes this thing of the death of the firstborn. Not just with the Egyptians, but also with the children of Israel. So can I tell you this morning, there are a lot of people that because life has been so good to them, they never had a problem, they've never had a care, never had a need for anything, and never had a need for anyone. They don't think they need God. Death is not going to bother them. Judgment's not going to come to them. But may I tell you that when I look at this chapter and I understand what's going on, here's number one. The first word I want you to understand is the word realization. These people had to realize something. Look at verse number three. Speaking unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for and house. Verse number three tells me that something is going to happen. So he's going to make this announcement, not just to a handful. I'm not just going to talk to one third of the building today and say, okay, you folks here, you got a problem coming. There's going to be the death of the firstborn. <coughs> every, hand, every family is going to be faced with it. Everybody's going to have a problem. There's going to death. Death is coming and it's here. So here's what you're going to do. Would you notice in our text now, he says that 
it is to all of the congregation of the people of God. So that means that they're in this reality check that they're going to have. There's some things that are going to have to be sure in their mind. They're going to have to be aware of it. I was telling in Sunday school that the preacher made me aware of some things. That it wasn't John Doe down the road that was going to go to hell. Or Jane Doe down the road that was going to go to hell. Dean Hammond was going to go to hell. All of a sudden now it was me. I was the one with the spotlight shined upon me. All of a sudden, I was the one that was facing the reality that, you know what? doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are. It doesn't matter where you live, where you come from. You are facing death. Yeah. Death is real. And hell is real. Yeah. So the reality. So what they had to understand that... <clears throat> what was sure was the penalty that was coming, the sureness that there was going to be death that was coming. Hey, I was coming up the road, and I don't know how many times I've traveled Interstate 29. I've come up through here and gone out west or whatever. And I saw yesterday, don't know why, but I saw over here on the hillside down there, hey, Karen, I said, look over there. There's a cemetery over there. I never saw it before. Come up the road a little bit farther. Hey, look over there, Karen. There's a cemetery right over there. You know what I found out? You can be from Missouri, South Dakota. I don't care where you come from. People die every single day. The reality is, is that it's going to happen. And when I look in these verses of Scripture, look with me in verse number 12 of this chapter. God says, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. Look what he says, and will smite all the firstborn of the, in the land. The latter part of the verse, I will execute judgment. Can I tell you what they have to understand? That there is a serious problem and the problem starts out with a promise of God. Yeah. And not all the promises of God are for our good. Some of the promises of God are judgment. Amen. The reality of judgment. <clears throat> and just as much as we want God to keep these wonderful, glorious promises of hope of heaven, God is also going to keep His promises of judgment. Judgment is coming. And so, when I look at this, I look in the Word of God. For the wages of sin is death. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Death is real. It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. So there's the sureness of the penalty that everybody's going to die. But I also love this in this story that there is a sureness of provision. You know what I found out? It is not the Baptist church. Baptist, I love, you know, I, I'm glad that we can have a name and things like that. But can I tell you, not all Baptist churches preach the truth. That's right. Not all Baptist churches preach that Christ Jesus is the only Savior. Not all Baptist churches hold to the Word of God and the standards of the Word of God. Not all churches do, do that. But can I tell you, I'm glad that I have a book in my hand. Amen. And I, I, I don't base my hope and my faith in a church or a denomination or in a preacher, right. in a man, but I base it entirely upon the Word of God. Amen. And can I tell you what this Bible tells me? It says that we're judged, we're doomed, we're guilty, we're condemned, already happened, it is going to be, or not going to be, it is already real. But I'm also glad for what this Word of God says, that God, not man, not a denomination, not a church, has made a way Amen. for me to Amen. escape the judgment. Yes. Amen. Amen. So he says in verse number 3, speaking to all the congregation, just as he told them that there's judgment that is coming, he's also told all of them that there is a way to escape the judgment. Amen. And the judgment is a provision. Yeah. Verse number 3, speaking ye unto all the congregation, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb. God says, if you want to escape, here is the way that you are going to escape the judgment. And the reality is that God is the one that made the way. Amen. And can I tell you something else? 
since God has made the way, God didn't make a way for this group, this group, their way to get to heaven, and this group, their way to get to heaven, and this group, their way to get to heaven, and everybody's got a different way to heaven, and it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you believe something, as long as you're sincere, you're okay. God made one way. Yes. This group, one way. This group, the same way. Yes. This group, the same way. There's only one way. There is one true and living God, and God has made one way for all men, no matter the language, no matter the culture, no matter where we are, who we are, what we are, one way to get to Him. It doesn't matter if you're sincere in what you believe or not, because you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong and die and go to hell. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So when I think about the way, the penalty, the judgment, it is sure. But I want you to know something else. What I love about this, that I like the sureness of the promise. Now, he made a provision. He made a way for us to get there. But here's what some people have, say, have said. Some people said, well, I'm going to elect you. That's what they think. God is said, God is elect. I'm going to elect you. I shouldn't elect you. You've got too much hair. Okay. <laughs> they think God has gone around and God has picked and chosen certain ones to get to go to heaven. Yeah. And no matter what you do, you're going to get to go to heaven. The rest of you, it doesn't matter how you want, how much you try, how much you want ever, you don't get to go to heaven because you didn't get selected. Yeah. Can I tell you, I like what verse number three starts out speak unto and here's a little word unto all the congregation right. yes, and I tell them the Sunday school I'm a hick from Tennessee <coughs> hey I'm sitting on the back row of a church four or five hundred people just to be counted to help a girl win a Bible but can I tell you there was a God in heaven looked down and he saw the 17 year old sitting back there had no right to be there. Had no right to be there. Couldn't have cared less about God. I didn't want God. Didn't want anything to do with God. But there's a God in heaven that looked on that back row Amen. and saw me. Amen. Oh, I'm so glad that he saw me. Yes, sir. And I don't know if anybody else ever got saved out of that message that preacher preached that night, but I can tell you one that did. Amen. Money, no. I had no money. Hallelujah. I had nothing. But I found out I didn't need anything. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm so glad for the sureness of this promise yes, sir. that he died for all. Yes. That's what Paul said. He, he, he said that we have judged that if he died for all, then we're all dead. He died for all. And the gospel's preached to all. Yes. I don't pick and choose, just Amen. preach. Amen. I'm glad that all can be saved for yes, sir. Hey. That, that word I used this morning who's in Romans chapter 10, verse number 13, the most used verse in all the world is John chapter 3, verse number 16, for God so loved the world that whosoever, Amen. that big old long word that's put in that verse of Scripture just means you. Yes. It means me Amen. that we can be saved. So we got to realize that, that we are judged guilty. There is a penalty. But God has made a provision, and that provision is a lamb. There is a lamb that came into this world to die upon a cross, and his name is Jesus Christ. Right. Amen. And the promise is, is that whosoever can come and be saved. Now, second of all is the word examination. Look what he says in this passage of Scripture. <clears throat> and if the household be too little for the lamb, the lamb. Now, it's, you know, he's, he talks about, he talks about a lamb. you got a lamb. That means there is a lamb out there. 
Okay, we don't have to wonder, is there a lamb? Yes, there is a lamb. But here's the deal. How do I know I've got the right one? Because, listen, you, got, you can have two unmarked uh, medicine bottles up here. Unmarked. One of them's got poison and the other one's got the real McCoy in there, the real medicine you need. Well, you got a 50-50 chance that you're going to get the right one. A 50-50 chance you're not going to get the right, the right one. Before you take the medicine, you better be sure that you got the right one. So, here in this verse of Scripture, just having a lamb is not good enough. It's not good enough. Having a lamb is like having any old religion. I think I'll be a Muslim today. I I think I'm going to be a Buddhist today. I think I'm going to be a a, a Baptist today. I'm going to be a Catholic. You know, it's not enough to have... So he comes down in verse number four, and now he's moved from just a lamb, which just means whatever, to the lamb. The lamb is an article in the English language that I learned after uh, getting out of Tennessee, okay? It points to, it directs something to. So here's what happened. Here in these verses of Scripture, he says, you're to go out on the 10th day of the month, and you're to go out, and you're to get a lamb. Now, I look out here, and boy, we got a bunch of lambs out there, some pretty ugly lambs preacher um <laughs> i know you get the last shot when That's i'm done right. okay. but here's what they have to do because how am i going to know what's the right lamb and i go around i'm looking around and i want all of the ball headed like you know i want the lambs that have been sheared. that's what i'm looking <laughs> <laughs> do it on them you know you ever seen a boy you know he goes around <laughs> i like it was being sheared no i would have been i said i gotta have a lamb Wait a second. How are we going to know? Because your opinion, let me think, my opinion is just as good as your opinion. Period. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I think is good as what you think. True? Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody, you know, we all got our opinion. Mm-hmm. Good night. Wait a minute. God is the one that pronounced the judgment. Yes. Why we offended God. So if God is the one that pronounced the judgment and God is the one that gave the remedy for the judgment, then ought not I find out what God says? So I'm out here looking at me. I'm looking at a thousand gazillion lambs. And how in the world am I going to know which is, wait, verse number five. If we just, our problem is we don't read far enough. Amen. We don't listen enough. Yeah. So verse number five says, here's how you're going to know if you got the right one. Because if you don't have the right one, you got the wrong, you're going to die. Yeah. You're going to die. So he says in verse number five, your lamb shall be without blemish. And he tells me the kind of lamb that I need. So I'm out there. My lamb's got it. And the first thing I like, the first thing that he mentions, it's got to be without blemish. Hey, pull them all up here. Let's bring Buddha up here. Let's bring Muhammad up here. Mm-hmm. Let's bring the Pope up here. Yeah. Let's bring the preacher up here. Let's bring the, 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 the preacher, the priest up here. Bring all up here. You'll find not one. Not one without blemish. The first thing, he's got to be without blemish. Hey, I found one. Man, I'm looking, old man. I'm, I'm, man, I'm looking. Oh, there's one back there. He's without blemish. Yeah. Second one, he's got to be a male. Sorry, ladies. That's not my qualification. That's what the <laughs> Lord said. He's got to be a male. He's not just got to be any kind of male. He's got to be a male of the first year. That means he's got to have the right age. I look at the Lord Jesus. He's got the right age. Back in those days, a man that was going to start ministry or priesthood had to be 30 years of age. The Bible says in the book of Luke, 
the being uh, chapter number thirty being uh, chapter number three being about thirty years of age, talking about the Lord Jesus when he began his ministry. Uh, he's got to be from the sheep or from the goats. That means he's got to be humble, submissive as as a as a sheep, and going to have to have the strength of a goat, the God man, yeah, only one. So I've got to find one that meets all the qualifications. So I go out there, and now I've examined my lamb. I think this is the wild one. People go out. Did you know every time people go to church, they think they're out there picking up, picking up a lamb? People are going to church today. I, I, I need something in my life. I need something in my life. I need something in my life. So they're out there picking up a lamb. So I'm going to pick up my lamb. It's no longer a lamb. The day that I pick it up, he becomes my lamb. Good or bad? I picked up my lamb. Good or bad? He's my lamb. Good or bad? So I've got examination. Number, number three. Number three, number three is my word identification. Identification. He says in verse number five, your lamb. So good or bad, doesn't matter. The day I go out there and I grab a hold of that lamb and I pick that lamb up, this lamb becomes my lamb. Amen. He's mine. Right or wrong, life or death, he is mine. What are you holding on to today? What are you claiming today to get you to heaven? What is it that you have in your life? This is what this is what I'm going to hold on to, and I don't care because this is the way I was raised. This is what my mom and daddy taught. This is this. This is that. This is the, this is what's popular. This is what people. This is what I'm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what God says. Doesn't matter what the Bible says. Doesn't matter what anybody says. This whatever you claim, that's your lamb. Now listen. As long as he's out there. Now, there's a lot of people that do this. A lot of people, they, they've gone through the, the, the flock, and they've looked, hey, I need a lamb. And they've looked at every lamb. They've examined them all. I know that right back there is the right lamb. And they turn around and walk off. They know, they know the Lord Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. They know he's the Savior. They know he died on the cross, shed his precious blood. They know he rose from the dead. They know he's the Son of God that came to the, this world. They know he's the only Savior. They know he's the only way to God. He's the, he's the way, the truth, and life. They know all that. Hey, that's him right back there. But you know what they do? They turn around and walk off. It's not enough just to know that he's out there. That's right. It's he not enough there, to yes. say, there he is. He is the one. Not enough. You've got to go out there, and you've got to pick him up. That's right. And you've got to take him home. Amen. Can I tell you what happened to me August the 1st, 1971? I went to church. Man, I wanted to get saved so bad. Man, I wanted to get saved. I was under conviction for almost a year. So I went to church to get saved. That morning, four rows back when they gave the invitation, I left my, my seat. I came forward and I knelt down. Let me tell you what could have happened. I could have got up and I could have walked, went back to my seat having never trusted Christ as my Savior. I could have said, this is too hard. I just don't get it. To, you know, This is not what I thought it was going to be. And just walked away. Knowing, knowing that Christ is the Savior. Knowing all that, but he went away. You know what you got to do? You got to take him home with you. Amen. I went home. I went that morning. I knelt on my knees. I trusted Christ. And by the way, you don't have to be in church. You don't have to be on your knees. You don't even have to pray out loud, by the way. We had all these things that say, well, if you don't do this, you don't do that. You're not saying, show me. That's right. For who? For whosoever shall call. Yes. Go back a few verses. Believe in thy mouth. No, believe in thine heart. Because if a person can't talk verbally, physically, cannot speak, that person can't get saved. Mm -hmm. oh, we add all this junk. 
Yeah. Amen. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, if a person doesn't have any legs, how's he going to get on his knees? He's crippled, paralyzed. But if he can't get to church, leave it all alone. Get back to the Word of God. Yes. Amen. I found this, this, this Ethiopian was in a chariot out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Right. Oh, can I tell you, I don't care where you are. Yes. Amen. He's there. Yes. Amen. I don't care what you are. He's there. So Sunday morning I went to church and can I tell you, I, I examined him. He is the one. I'm in trouble. I need a Savior. He's the one. He is the one. I went forward and I trusted him as my personal Savior. And you know what I did? I laid a hold of him. Amen. Amen. Identification is the word claim. I claimed him as yes. my Man, I want him. Amen. I want him. And he saved my soul, my wretched soul. He did it. Amen. He did it. You know what I did? I took him home with me. <laughs> Now he's everywhere. He's everywhere. There's a, there's just something about taking him home with you. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know what I did when I took him home with me? I introduced him to my family. Yes, you did. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, he's the difference maker. Yes. But it's not enough. Would you listen to me? It is not enough just for me to claim him. Not enough. He got to claim me. Yeah. Now I can say all that long. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm a dead. What if he said, I don't know him? You know, he's going to say that one day. Yeah. He's going to say that one day. Yeah. The great white throne judgment. There are going to be people saying, Lord, we've done this, and we've done that, and we've done this. And right. He says, He's going to say, Depart from me, that ye workers of iniquity. I never knew right. you. So it's not enough for me to claim him. He got to claim me. Yes. So what did they do? A lot of people, they don't like the word blood. They don't like the word kill. Look at the verses of Scripture. Verse yeah. number 6, they brought it home and they killed it. That's right. Yeah. If you got an animal that you you want to kill, you don't ever bring it home and make a pet out of it. I was preaching for a preacher last year, and I went up by their house, and he had a chicken coop out behind his house and had <laughs> the duck and some chickens back there. I said, well, you raising them to kill? He said, no. He said, my kids named them. <laughs> you, you know, them kid, them, they, them, them things are going to die of old age. Yeah. <laughs> they will never end up with. They'll never end up with dumplings. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> never. That's what people want. They want a Jesus that's not blood. Right. They want a yeah. Jesus that just, you know, oh, he's just for everyone. Oh. They yeah. killed it. Can I tell you, he had to claim, that lamb had to claim them. So how did he claim? Number one, they would take that blood and they would put that blood on that upper lintel, the two side posts. Number one, he was evident to everyone that passed by. Because they would put that blood on the outside of that house. They would put the blood here and the blood here. So people walking by the next day, which would be the Egyptians or even people that were walking out of Egypt, when they walked by, they would say, hey, there was a lamb slain right here. People may not look at your heart. Would you listen to me? They can't see your heart. They don't know what he's done. But there is going to be a difference. Yes. They may not know what you got. They may not yeah. know what happened. But there's going to see there's a difference. Yes. Amen. My next door neighbor, called, he calls me a holy roller. <laughs> I'm not holy and I don't roll. 
Sunday morning, he sees if when we're when we're not traveling, he knows we're we're, we're going to be on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday nights, Saturdays. I'm a holy roller to him, but he knows there's a difference, Amen. and he knows what the difference is. Yeah. So it's going to be evident. Evident. Number two, it's going to be evidence. Evidence. Mm. Is it verse number thirteen? It says, the blood shall be a token yeah. upon the houses. It's going to be evidence. Now, who's it going to be evidence for? Because that verse of Scripture talks about the Passover. You know who it's called? That word evidence, it means a beacon. The token. The token means a beacon. It's evidence. A beacon. Now, who's it an evidence for? Not for the people, but it's going to be for the one passing over. Yeah. As God comes in judgment. Oh. Can I give you a couple things? He says over there, verse number 7, I think it's verse number 22, they were to take that blood, and they were going to catch this blood, and, and I know I'm taking too long, so please give me a couple, three or four or ten more hours. But anyway, <laughs> they would take this blood in this basin, and verse number 22 says they would take a bunch of hyssop. That's this little plant with these little flowers on it, and they would dip it in there. Here's, the, here's what I got. Here's the picture I got. They had this little basin. They got this hyssop. And they're just kind of doing this, and they're doing this, and doing this. Look at verse number 22. They would say there, they would strike it. Mm -hmm. Verse number 7, they would strike it. Yeah. It wasn't a little paint job. They would take that hyssop, and they would put it in there, and they would strike it. Can you see the picture? Ooh. And they would strike it, and they would strike it. Oh, can it? Ooh. The first thing that's hit me. Do you realize when you take little fresh petals of these little plants and you dip them in that thick blood and you begin to strike it, do you know what happens? Some of the petals come off of that hyssop and they are mingled with the blood. It's not just any blood that's going to be upon that door. It's not going to be any blood that you claim to wash away your sins. It's going to be the blood of that Rosa Sharon, yes. of that lily of the valley that's been mixed. But not, not just the fragments of those flowers that's going to be mixed with the blood. But I thought about those little, that, that hyssop. You know what? It has a fragrance. And you pick up that bunch of, and you sniff it. And when he put that, that hyssop in that blood and he began to strike it and strike you know, not only the little petal, the frag fragments of the petals going to be mixed in, but there's going to be a fragrance of that hyssop mingled with that blood. Oh, can I tell you the fragrance? I don't talk about a slaughterhouse gory. I'll talk about the precious Lamb of God yes. that shed His precious blood that gives an odor and a fragrance before God that is an odor that God is satisfied with, and when He and He shall submit and He shall see the travail of His soul and shall be satisfied. And that is the evidence that it's the right blood from the right Lamb. Amen. But then, last of all. Is it down in verse 13 or 14? He says, and this day shall be a memorial. It's going to be evidence. It's going to be evidence, but it's going to be everlasting. Amen. It's evident for those passing by that sees the door and the blood on the door. It's going to be evidence for he who is passing over. 
but it's going to be eternal for those who are passing on. Amen. Hey, them, those, hey, the people that were leaving Egypt, those Jews, they were leaving those houses with that blood behind. That's right. Okay? But they'd never get away from it. Hey. 1971 was a long time yes. ago. <coughs> a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I can't get away from it. Hey, man, brother. That word memorial. Memorial. I remember one day the Lord sent the disciples out and boy, they came back. Glory to God, we cast out the demons and glory to God, this and glory. He said, don't you rejoice because the demons are subject unto you, but rather rejoice. Hey. It's your names were written in heaven. Amen. Rather rejoice not because you're a Baptist. Yes. Don't rejoice because you get to do this and you do that. Don't rejoice right. in anything except your names one day were recorded in the Lamb's yes, book of life. Amen. And when I stand before him one day at the judgment seat of Christ, I'm not going to stand there to be judged whether I'm going to be saved or lost. You know why? Because my name's been recorded. Amen. It's been written Amen. down. I mean, it is forever sealed and settled yes. that I'm a child of God. Amen. Forever, forever, Amen. forever. No. And that lamb, I mean, he just mixed in amongst all those religions out there. The right one is out there. The real one, the true one is out there, but the devil, the master counterfeiter, has just blended him in. Yeah. Paul, then I began to examine, began to examine, began to examine. Oh, there he is. And I went out and I claimed him as mine. And he claimed me as his. Whew. Yes. Glory day. Forever and ever. If my people, which are called by my name. Can I tell you, Dean Hamby? I've been called by his name. Amen. How about you this morning? Do you know that you know that you know that he is your Savior? Let's stand to our feet. Preacher, would you come this morning with the invitation? We stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. It's not church membership. It's not your good works. It's not who you are or where you're from. You cannot be too good enough that you don't need to be saved. And you cannot be too bad enough that you can't be saved. Just as you are, you can come and trust Christ as your Savior. And it is forever. Father, would you have your will and way in all that we do today. We'll thank you and praise you for your goodness and grace in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Preacher, would you come this morning?